Tonight's Survivor Caramoan preseason roundtable is made possible in part when our listeners use our links for Amazon. Get the best deals on everything under the sun and help support Rob as a podcast when you start your Amazon shopping experience at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's the Rob Has a Podcast preseason blogger roundtable. And uh, we are here with our esteemed panel of survivor bloggers, all who are writing on Rob Has a Website uh, this season. So let's, uh, let's, let's go down the line and introduce everybody that you uh, may have been reading over this uh, preseason. They wrote a massive 11,000 word, uh, <laughs> what would you call that, a manifesto? previewing this season. So we're going to talk about some of the hot button issues here in our special uh, roundtable edition of uh, preseason previewing. And let's start off with uh, the man, the captain of the bloggers. Uh, Here he is. He's the author of The Baker's Dozen. Uh, I I present to you Mr. Andy Baker. Hey, it's very nice to finally put a face with my blog. Um, And uh, this is fun. We got a great team of bloggers this year. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. Okay. Uh, and here we go. Uh, to, in uh, the second position here, according to the Google Hangout, uh, he is a man. He has been blogging with us going into his second season, uh, Mr. Glenn Holford. Glenn, how are you? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Good to be here. Yes, very formal. Glenn, are you wearing a tie? <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. Very good. Nothing but the best for you, Rob. Very, very good. All right. And now uh, I'm introducing you to uh, somebody who is just joining the Rob as a Podcast uh, blogging team, but he has a very established resume. Uh, he used to, uh, we used to collaborate on an article, a Survivor article for MTV, and then uh, it, it became very clear that people, uh, not, not, as, not too many young people are feeling that the Survivor is, uh, is very uh, hip and happening, <laughs> but he's going to join us uh, on Rob as a Website this season. Here's Mr. Josh Wiggler. Hello, thanks for having me, Rob. I, I feel safe and secure. I have my immunity gnome with me tonight, so, so we're good. <laughs> that's we're the amazing race. That is the, that is the wrong show. That's the wrong right, show. Right, right. <laughs> okay, and, and joining us for our second season on uh, robhasawebsite.com, uh, she, she writes uh, almost a novel every single week. Uh, here she is. It's uh, Sarah Freeman. Sarah, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm fine. Um, I'm just... Noticing the typo in your logo there beneath you. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh no! Typo! Oh no! What I what I say? What I say? No. I, for, I forgot the D in round table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm suddenly I'm suddenly that's all I can focus on now. <laughs> we're just we're just being urban. It's yes, fine. that's fine. That's fine. If there's one thing you need to know about Sarah Rob, it's that you just start talking to her uh, about Oxford commas and other grammatical no, things. No, it'll take the whole podcast. You'll <laughs> okay. be foaming at the mouth, man. Uh, next time, I will send all of the show graphics to Andy to proofread before they go up on the show. <laughs> All right, so also with us tonight is our web show producer, Jessica Frey. She is monitoring uh, your comments coming to us from all over the internet. Some of you guys are watching us live on YouTube at youtube.com slash Rob Sesternino. There's also a live event page on Google Plus and also monitoring your tweets using the hashtag RHAP. It's Jessica Frey. She's like, uh, she's big brother. She's everywhere. She's watching what you're saying and uh, we'll be taking your questions throughout this show. But 
Uh, we are getting ready now. Survivor 26 is only a week away. And so we're going to talk about some of the uh, hot button issues going coming into this uh, new season. And just uh, let's just talk about fans versus favorites. Uh, how, how excited are we to see a battle of the fans and, and favorites? Do we... Have we been clamoring to see people who know nothing about the game Survivor take on people who all they do is eat, sleep, and breathe Survivor? Let's start with Andy. It's a good question. In the in the abstract, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but um, you know, as the other bloggers can tell you, we've been kicking around talking about after we did the favorites, talking about the fans and. Every single time I think about the fans, I just I come up against this wall. I just think the favorites are just going to chew them up and spit them out. And so I love the format. Um, I like seeing some of these players back, but obviously there's been a lot of debate about whether or not they're really favorites, and now there's a lot of debate whether these fans are really fans or recruits that are pretending to be fans. Um, I'm going to enjoy seeing them play out the game, um, but I just think that uh, the poor fans are just going to get shredded. Well, does anybody have a differing opinion? Does anybody think that the fans actually have a shot here? I'm optimistic. And why is that? I think there's a couple fans. Yeah, okay. Well, well give us uh, who do we have high hopes for out of the fans and what and what should their strategy be to ingratiate themselves to the favorites? I mean, we saw on Big Brother a couple seasons ago where we had sort of half new people, half old people, and it was uh, the people who decided to basically sell out the other fans. <laughs> like there were some of the fans decided, "Hey, we're going to get all the veterans out of the house." And then some of them said, "Hey, we're going to sell out the other <laughs> fans and go with you guys at least they got further in the game is that the best that the fans could hope for sell out the other fans it's hard to see it's hard, it's hard for me to see how any fan is going to make it to the end of this game because there's just so many of them that don't seem like they're going to be good at the game i feel like it's going to get to a situation in the merge where the fans are just going to be down in the numbers and there's going to be no coming back from it i think the only thing for me that that offsets that is just you know, as we've said and as has been said all over the web and in survivor bloggers and everything, it's just the, the favorites, it's it's a weird mix of people. You know, it, it's not it's not a who's who of the best players that have ever played the game. It's a lot of wacky personalities, it's a lot of explosive people who are gonna combust. Um, so I think if the if the favorites if, if the fans have any edge on the favorites, it's purely by virtue of the fact that the favorites are gonna collapse. The weirdos, the Brandon Hanses, they're gonna they're gonna bring that team down. That's my prediction anyway. So you you think Brandon Hans could be the entire undoing of the favorites tribe? <laughs> you put you put you put Brandon Hans and Philip on the same team, and if that if that team dominates this game, I would be astonished. I would be truly blown away. <laughs> well, that's too much crazy for one down. tribe. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting case study because I've heard this about sports where they say, you know, a team of all-stars, like all-star athletes, like the NBA all-star team, wouldn't beat one of the best regular teams because the regular team has chemistry. Is it possible that the fans could come together and just have this great chemistry, whereas all of the favorites are going to be, you know, playing for number one from day one and may not have as good of chemistry as the favorites? I think that might be the case if you ended up having a lot of alphas um, among the favorites who wanted to take control. But you've got so many built-in day one alliances between South Pacific, I mean, Redemption Island, less so, but the whole New York wine and cheese thing. 
Um, I, I just think when you get to post-merge, it depends on who gets there. I mean, if, if God forbid, Philip and Brandon both make the merge and then the stress really ratchets up, of course they're going to implode. But if you get some reasonable, smart people post-merge um, and they can handle the stress because they've been there before, I think that's the point at which the fans just turn to the favorites and be like, show us what to do. We're, we're stressed out. We're wigging out. We're lost. And you're going to have people, if again, depending on who's there, the Corins and the Cochrans of the world will be able to strategize under the stress, and the fans won't be able to. Do we? Well, do you do you no. think that after the merge, the fans are still going to be looking to the favorites for for guidance? Because I feel like at that point in the game, you're pretty much adjusted to how things are on the ground. Wouldn't wouldn't you think so? No, I, I agree mean, with I agree with Andy. That's when. The, the stress is really kicking in as you move to the end game. I, I think that is when the fans are going to start looking at the favourites. Uh, my I think my main concern with the whole fans versus favourites thing is it's the second time it's happened. So I'm hoping the fans will say we we can't sell each other out because I think where it really all went wrong for the fans last time was after the tribal swap when they started letting fans get voted off of the mixed tribe. And I think had they band to get banded together, then things might have been different. Well, they might not have been. We don't know, but well, that's kind of a trend on on any season that has a mix of returning players and new players, though, right? They always say, "Well, we're going to get rid of the returning players. It's bad for business. You shouldn't be here," and they never do. It's always it's always a, a returning player who either makes it to the end or wins. Uh, yeah, I, I would be very surprised if it's any different this year. Yeah. But that's why I like, uh, I mean, and I'm in the minority on this, but I like the returning players when there's just one or two of them in the season rather than, I think when you have a whole tribe of them, they all end up getting too aggressive and you get, you get a heroes versus villains situation where I didn't actually like that season that much because I just thought everyone played a terrible game because they're all about scoring points off each other. I think if you just have a couple of them, yeah, that person's going to get far. But most of the time, it is actually a newbie who wins. Yeah, well, I think it's a better mix. Sarah, this is an interesting point. That So you're saying that, and we saw in the first fans versus favorites, uh, whoever is the aggressive alpha male players did not do well in the first fans versus favorites. Yes, uh, Penner got medically evacuated from the game, but Ozzy was a target after the merge. Uh, you had James as a target after the merge, and it was basically all of the wo- the women uh, who took over who played more who more slow played it and weren't as aggressive. So, could if we see any of the male players come out and be very aggressive, uh, the other players will target them. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. But I think the women are going to be bigger targets, at least on the favorites tribe this time I around. Because yeah, I mean, who who amongst the 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 favorite, the men, um, outside of Malcolm, really comes across as somebody that you immediately identify as being an alpha threat, really. Hmm. I mean, yeah. none of them. I mean, Eric is, you know, coming into this as being a bit, you know, he's trying to play the I'm a sweet guy card. Um, you got two insane people. Um, <laughs> How you dare got you? Cochran, who no one is going to mistake as being an alpha anything. <laughs> Um, and uh, who's the last one? Who am I forgetting? Um, um, Brandon. Yeah. Brandon. No, he said two crazy people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, mean, I, I think uh, Sarah's right in that um, the, the women are, I think if the fans are really fans, they're going to look at the women 
on the favorites and think those are some people we have to really be wary of. I think the favorites are going to be doing that. I think it's the women on the favorites who are going to have to go in there fighting. Because what we see time and again on All-Star season is that they don't say, well, who's the weakest and who's the strongest? They go, who is the most strategic? Let's get them off first. All right, let's go to our live audience watching us uh, for the first time. Uh, Here's what they said. Joseph360 says, it seems like the favorites are bigger fans than the fans are. Well, that, you know... I think that's a little bit of human nature. I think that if you were on a TV show, you would probably be a bigger fan of it than people who had never been on said TV show. I think that's a that's probably a fair point. But the, what I always come back to with fans versus favorites is that a lot of the fans, sometimes you know, we all know that the fans are recruited sometimes, but the people who have been on the show just do not from the moment that you get on the show you do nothing but think about the show and that's why it's so much fun to talk to these people about survivor and also to see them play again it's just that their level of thinking about it is so much uh, really a hundred times greater of an understanding than people who've never played the game yeah i do miss that element though of there being like an eric reichenbach who's just such an unabashed unashamed survivor fan i don't feel like we've got one of those here like, Reynolds has basically just come out and said, I watched an episode here and there. You know, it, I, I miss that. For, for a season that's fans versus favorites, I want to see the hardcore Survivor fan. And other than maybe Sherry, I'm having a hard time identifying them. Now, which is, yeah. I mean, even you know, the girl from uh, Stanford, Julia, um, I mean, she studied it after she got on the show. And I bet she knows a lot about it now. But, you know, there's an accumulation that comes with, you know, the, like you were talking about in your podcast, Rob. Just, you know, the thousands of hours that you think about it, you know, once you've played and afterwards, that there are fans who think about it that much. And obviously they don't have the I've been on the ground and experienced the game experience with it. But um, she had a crash course in Survivor watching all everything on DVD. But um, I mean, that's I, I don't know. I guess it just depends on what your definition of fan is. But it's that's surprising. that's a student of the game, not a fan. It surprises me coming back to back with a season when there were so many super fans like Dawson or Malcolm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, or it seems Lisa like fans even. make good favorites. <clears throat> it seems uh, like if you go on the show and you are a fan, you're more likely to be somebody that would become a favorite later. You know, like people who are super fans and then they go on the show. I think people who watch the show like to see those kinds of contestants. Yeah, well, I think part of the success last season and part of the reason why people enjoyed it so much is that so many of those players came into the game ready to play the game because they knew the game. They were fans. I mean, even Lisa Welchel knew the game inside and out, and she talked a great game in confessional. She may not have played the best game, um, but she at least was aware and mm-hmm. you know was thinking about the game. And I just don't get that sense from these um, from these particular fans. I mean, I will say, I mean, they set up the fans, I think, to have someone asked a really good question about, you know, it seems like they're trying to even the playing field. It doesn't seem like an incredibly strong group of favorites, and the fans are homogenous enough and strong enough to have a chance, but it's still, they don't come across as true fans. It's just, you know, people who know a little bit about the game. Um, that, that said, I do like, I don't have anything against recruits per se. It seems a bit weird in a season that's called fans versus favorites, but you know, the two of two of my favorite fans are people who've come out and said they were recruited, which is Julia and Reynolds. So, you know, and then you think back to other people who've been recruits, like Stephen or Yule, um, others who can't think of off the top of my head. But so, 
I don't have anything against recruits, but it does. I don't know. I said I, I think I'd rather the season was called recruits versus returners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take this another. Just... Let's take another oh, question. Uh, this is from uh, Phil. Uh, Phil Warren. He says, uh, "I don't think that the favorites have much." M- of an advantage because most of them aren't big game players in the first place. Uh, would you say that the favorites that were selected were not as dominant in the game as the people who were the favorites the first time, or do you think that it is a uh, equal to the first time? Now I got to look at the people who were on it last time. <laughs> I, I, personally, my gut is that is that the first fans first favorites. Those favorites were more dominant than these favorites. This to me, this feels like the B team. You know. Yeah, they had yeah, Sari, Yaman, Penna, you know, all big strategic people. So. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, you have, you know, poverty wasn't known as poverty until after fans versus favorites. Um, and that's why, I mean, I think you have, uh, Rob, I think you picked Brenda to win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and she falls into that mold of, you know, somebody who, perhaps wasn't that strong as strong the first time out, although she was fine. Um, and a lot of other people are picking Andrea as somebody who didn't get to showcase how strong she was the first time because of Rob, but can really come out of the word work this time. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I get the sense that, I mean, there were some bigger, stronger personalities the first time around. Um, but I think Sarah wrote about this, that there's a lot of B level personalities on this favorites tribe this time around and those are the people who tend to rise in in a, in a dynamic of fans versus favorites as opposed to being type a's that get targeted yeah That's in terms of big game players okay. there's there's only one it's malcolm you know malcolm is the only big game player from his first season he's the only one who who really owned his season that's come back i think there's a lot of potential for great second uh chances for these guys but in terms of who played an alpha game their first time around successfully I would say Malcolm's the only person on this list. And he well, is no really, one played successfully. Right. Well, yeah. Truly and Almost completely screwed. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, it's just, uh, I, we were talking about this before this started, but Malcolm is screwed. Simply, everybody, if you're reading Gordon Holmes's interviews over at Xfinity, um, everyone is talking about, you know, I, I understand that there are, I can see nine people or eight other people that I recognize, and then there's this guy that I don't know. I don't know if he's crew. I don't know if he's actually a member of the cast. Um, but if he's a member of the cast, he's. Um, I'm thinking he's going to be another Russell. We don't know who he is. They're already invoking the name of Hans, and not in. Not, and even Brandon is invoking the name of Hans. Like, <laughs> we don't know who this guy is. He's like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm's in trouble, guys. There is another name. I think Brenda's in bigger trouble than Malcolm because she did play a strong game her first time around. She was voted off because she was too much of a threat. And I think with, with Malcolm being the unknown, they may focus first on Brenda, who, you know, the, the devil you do know, but they might decide it's better off to stay with the devil you don't and get the devil you do know off. And I would say Brenda is very likely to be the first one off that tribe. Oh. I know it's oh. what Rob's predicting. Yes, but. it was my prediction. Yes, and I know that go. I know that going in about the Brenda prediction, and I'm just gonna hope uh, that she has enough of poverty in her. You know, poverty was supposed to be the first one to go home on the original fans versus favorites, and she would have been the first one to go home. Yeah, it had it not been for Johnny Fairplay getting dropped on his head by Danny Bonaducci. So. <laughs> 
now, I don't know if, if any of the other contestants this season has been dropped on their head uh, at, at any point. Uh, Brandon Hans, perhaps. But <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to I'm I'm betting on that. Brenda has enough scrambling in her this time around that even, even though that was her fatal flaw i know i know even i'm hoping that she will be able to figure something out even though it does not look good uh off the bat yeah well if you are brenda if you're brenda who do you who do you go to like who who's your first person that you approach to even try to get some wiggle room Cochran. Okay. Well, okay. it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people are going to be strangely enough courting Cochran. Yeah, um, it does just, seem that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just people. I mean, he's got the whole South Pacific Alliance thing uh, to work with. Philip has talked about admiring Cochran, and I, I think people will see him as somebody who can keep uh, you know, a cool head um, and is going to probably try to play the loyal card and. Um, it just seems like everybody will go to Cochrane and you know, including Brenda. It's- I don't know about the cool head, but I do think he's a bit of a neutral <laughs> yeah. in the group. Yeah, it's just funny because in South Pacific, the narrative was, okay, Cochrane, he's definitely going to be invited back. But who will ever trust him again on the All-Stars because he's just revealed himself to be unloyal and a flopper. And so he's going to – you can't trust him. And he's basically screwed himself for future All-Star seasons. And now but, we're looking at this and we're saying he's set up to be in one of the best positions because I think well, everybody I, wants to work with him. Well, I mean, I think the rest if of his tribe. Yeah, he's a spin doctor. Oh, I, I think if you look at the favorites, though, they would understand and look at how his tribe treated him and convince themselves, well, we're not going to treat him that way. We're not going to give him a reason to flip. And you know, they're going to think that they can handle you know, Cochran better than his original tribe did. Um, I mean, that's perhaps the there's truth in that, but there's ego in that and folly in that. But they will everyone will think that they can play a better game the second time around. And they're going to think that Cochran is a pun that they can use. Um, the only thing, another thing I want to raise, I think it was the Xfinity interview with Dawn. She said she was nervous of Cochran and Brandon because she knew they were so tight. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I've seen against Cochran that I can recall. Interesting. From Dawn of all people. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like Cochran has a pretty good defense. You know, he was backed into a corner and he made a semi-rational move, right? Like the numbers were there and he didn't want to be the one to draw the rock. And that's he didn't flip because he's like a bad guy, you know. I think people are gonna give him a little bit of credit. Uh, I, I support him. I hate the rock. I would never do it. <laughs> well and, and I Yeah, think- I might do the same thing. Yeah, well, and, and I think Dawn herself knows that, you know, part of any frustration she might have with Cochran um, is frustration with herself because he went up to her and said, flip with me. And right. she turned him down. Right. Um, wow. And so, and, and I think they're going to be grasping at any sort of security that they have in any pre-established relationship. And, you know, if she's looking to team up with people, again, who is she going to team up with? You immediately rule out Brandon and Philip as anything other than wild cards and you rule out possibly Malcolm just because he's an unknown. And so if you want a guy around, I mean, I think people are going to want to court Eric and they're going to want to court Cochran. 
Interesting. You know, we've talked so much about the fa- uh, the favorites that are coming back, and we've really to the detriment of the fans that I feel like we almost barely know them. So uh, I'd like to go around and maybe if you guys have one specific fan that you're the most interested uh, in seeing. And let's let's go down across the line. Let's start with Sarah. Sarah, why don't you tell us who is the one of the 10 fans that you're the most excited to see this season? Reynold, and not just for the looks. <laughs> <laughs> That does play a part. Just so you know, Sarah, you guys haven't seen all of what we've been kicking around yet in the roundtable, but um, uh, both Glenn and I were backing you up, and I I begin my (laughs) spiel with, man crush, man crush, man crush. I'm totally with you on Reynolds. He's adorable. Am I the only (laughs) Reynolds detractor here? No, Michael didn't like him either. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, let's uh, let Sarah go, and then I'll give you the counter-argument on Reynolds. Okay. Uh, no, I just, I just really like him. He's one of those people who I, I think want to compare him to Kim because when I watched Kim's preseason video, I went from being, uh, I don't not get anything on this girl to, wow, she's really good. And because I did a roundtable on Reality News Online for that season, and I had actually, I said Kim would make the finals. I didn't pick her as a winner, but I said she'd make the finals on the strength of how charming she was in her video. And I got the same vibe of Reynolds. Um, so I think, I, yeah, maybe he could do it, follow Kim and win. I would love to see it. But he's clearly smart. I like the fact that he's a rugby player, which is a real man's sport. <laughs> None of this <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> um, and he's, he's in sales. He likes honesty. I, I, don't know, I just agree with everything he says. And if he doesn't win this time, I would love to see him come back. Because I think he may be a recruit, but I think he's going to be a really good survivor player. Sarah, we haven't even seen him once. Do you want to come back or you just want to see him without a shirt a lot? (laughs) (laughs) It's the eyes. I haven't actually looked. It's just the eyes. Lovely eyes. Well, I said this to to Andy and to Josh, but to me, Reynolds kind of reminds me of of like an RS. Do you guys see that at all? Totally. He he, he looks like Otis and he, he... talks a bit like, and this is perhaps not a fair comparison, but he reminds me a lot of my early impressions of Heidek. Really? Whoa. Oh, interesting. I, don't, I don't see any of that. I don't see a, a little bit of that. <laughs> You're just jealous yeah. of the abs, but go ahead. He's got <laughs> excellent abs. I'll give him that. They're great. <laughs> They're fantastic. But I don't know. I mean, when he's just, he just, he's a little bit of a snoozer to me. He just seems like he's asleep in that, in that, in that interview that, that CBS posted. My biggest problem is when it comes to the part about, about lying in the game, is he willing to do it? And he says he's willing to do it, but he's so reluctant to even admit to the cameraman that he is willing to play the game. And the game hasn't even started. <laughs> he looks like he's about to cry when he's talking about the prospect, the prospect of lying. Um, Not the vibe he, I he, he, just, he just lacks killer instinct for me. I don't see any killer instinct in him. I don't think he'll go far at all. I, th- I think he totally played you, man. You bought into the video. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you don't think he's going to lie. You think he's going to be loyal and he's going to stab you in the back. Maybe he did, but I, I just didn't get it at all. The last thing you're going to see is those baby blues, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like, I like what he was saying about using honesty you know, finding the right way to play honesty. Because I think people get too caught up in the lying sometimes because, yeah, you have to lie in Survivor, no question. But I think people start thinking, oh, must build this complicated web of deceit. And it's far better to go with honesty when 
you when it's not necessary to lie just to keep yeah, it simpler right. which is what denise's strategy was you know she never lied that she about her being a therapist she was very much keep it simple keep it smart and look how that worked for her yeah no yeah. It, it, it's it's people forget about the power of well-placed truth I, I rob mm -hmm. has talked about this with amazon like when he went up to matt and said i've been lying to you all along but here's the truth and it worked. It, it, it flipped Matt back to his side, even though Matt had no reason to trust him. But when you admit to lying, suddenly they like, oh, you confessed to me. Great. We're back on the same side again. <laughs> I think that's that's why I like I like Michael. Michael is Michael's the is the is the fan that I like the most. Um, because he he's the guy who's talking about he's very willing to lie. He's he's ready to do that, but he's not gonna do it for the sake of lying. He's not going to do it just to ruffle some feathers like, you know, someone like Shamar might be, you know, he's talking about eating everybody's food and burning their socks on day one. Um, Michael seems like the kind of guy who knows how to use that. He's got, he's got that look in his eye. I think that he could go really far in the game. Yeah, I like yeah, Michael I like too. Michael. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't that uh, Nicole's winner pick, Rob? Uh, you know what? That show was so long that uh, two-hour preview yes, that we did. That I honestly I can't really recall uh, who she who she ended up picking. Michael, you say? Let me look at his. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's right. Yes, Michael. Yeah, she picked. I think it was. I mean, she because I mean, Michael. I, I agree. He's strong in that. You know, he idolizes the right people, including Sari and you, Rob. Okay. Course. Yes, a brilliant um, pick. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he does come across. I think he's somebody who's going to stick around. I think he knows what he's doing, and that sort of taps into just one of my, you know, overarching themes going into the. Um, when you have ten people on a tribe, it's like it, it's another version of the three tribes of six, where if you had nine, you can get a you can get an alliance of five going. I just think tandems are going to be important, and I think you know in the footage from the TV Guide special. Um, or the preview, um, Michael is already hanging out with Sherry in a way that reminds me very much of, you know, those early shots of Malcolm and Denise. They're already talking game and they're already really comfortable with each other. And I think tandems are going to be really important as we move ahead. I think she knows that Michael knows the game and she's a super fan. So I, I think they're a power couple to look out for. Could Michael be in trouble, though, because he kind of looks like a, a schemer? I was gonna say he reminds me, he reminds me of uh, of Ace from Gabon. Like yes. I just look at him and I think villain, evil, super villain, evil, evil super genius, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I see that. yeah, that's that's my that's my big reservation with him. If other people look at him and get that vibe, that could be bad. He, be he bad. does he does have that, but I will say it's with an edge of fabulous. <laughs> um, where, where I mean, he just you know, if you see some of the footage again from the TV guy thing, like he has this body language where the girls are already warming up to him, and um, and, and it's just you know he's you know he's he's got um, this warmth to him, um, and uh, I don't know an openness to him. Um, I, I think that people won't see him as a schemer. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I got a big cuddly vibe from him actually. Exactly. That, that I, I just really, really liked him. Um, not as much as Reynolds, but uh, if he and Reynolds teamed up in Maiden Lions, I'd be very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> he is an older guy, though, right? Yeah. yeah. That's my yeah. concern. He might not be that great in the challenges, depending on you know physically how in shape he is. Yeah, apparently, or at least according to um, the Gordon Holmes interview, um, he, he comes across as being pretty in shape. Um, yeah. that he, I think it's more I'm worried about how he'll do socially but in that same interview said he 
had been hanging out with people in the 23 to 30 demographic for the past few years so maybe he'll be okay yeah, but yeah. when you look at that tribe you got those four girls under 25 plus i know yeah, the um, average age, 26, I think, and that's just because Sherry's skewing it. They're so young on the female side. Yeah, I, I just worry about how Michael's going to fit in there. So um, I'm hopeful he might, he'll manage it. That's my main concern for Michael, if he ends up being an early boot just because he's not in with the main group. Ageism. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Yeah, he seems good. I'd buy his stock. All he right. Seems good. Well, Glenn, who is, who is your fan that you're most excited to see? Don't oh. take mine. Don't take mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. So uh, I'll just take a stab in the dark. Um, well, you know, honestly, I think I think that Reynolds is the one that I that I would put my money on if I had to pick one. But um, let me see. Who else did I think was pretty good? Uh, I really wasn't that impressed with most of these guys, to be honest with you. I'll talk about Matt. Is Matt yours? No, no, he, you okay. can, he's, all, he's all yours. Go I'll ahead talk and about take Matt. that first boot, man. That first boot's all oh. yours. Okay, yeah, well, I do think Matt is, is, is the first boot. Uh, I really just wanted to talk about him because I want to say that he reminds me of that dwarf from Lord of the Rings. That's really the only <laughs> oh, That was so awesome. What a great line that was. Gimli. <laughs> yeah, it was like Gimli to me. But yeah, but he's gone early. I have nothing else to say about him. Is Matt too concerned about having the world's greatest beard to be the sole survivor? Yeah, if you have the beard... You don't really need to talk about the beard. Yeah, you he, know what I mean. Like, has, we, we, all you need to know, he has a tattoo on his back of the guy who has the world <laughs> record for longest beard. I'm so excited to see this tattoo. It's getting such a buildup. If you have that tattoo, you're going to be bringing up beards at every campfire conversation. Yeah, and 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 when you're not talking about beards, you're talking about BMX racing. I, they're just there's. They're just just to get him away from the campfire conversations, he's getting voted out. <laughs> yeah, it's an underrated thing on Survivor, the ability to have many, many conversations. And if all you can talk about is beards or BMX racing, uh, that <laughs> will get very old very quickly. You really you want to have people who are very extensive conversationalists in your tribe and not people who are just going to talk about food all the time nonstop. You really want somebody who's going to be, distract you from you know, how miserable you are. And beer I have a question for you, Rob. Yes, go ahead. Well, you always bring this up. You always bring up that, so, that you don't like it when people talk about food all the time. Right. So who was this for you? Like, who was oh, the person uh, that I'll tell you, the you? number one offender that, I've, that I uh, played with through two seasons is Amber. That She is the, the ultimate really? food talker. And Boston, oh. Rob, the, the two of them. That's probably why they, they're probably sitting around somewhere talking about like, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, pizza with this and oh my God. Like, you know, the two of them could just sit there and talk about food. For, <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> is... Yeah, they should have a plus. <laughs> they should have a podcast, the two of them, and just talk about like different stuff, the dishes that they've had, and what's good, and, and It'd what's be like not. Julie and Julia. Yeah, no, it's it's Star terrible. It, <laughs> I, I do wonder what the girls at, 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 of the fans are going to want to talk about around the campfire. I mean, I guess Reynolds can you know, bat his baby blues at them and name each one of his abs after one of them or something. I don't know. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, let's take um, well, let's take another question from uh, the. Oh wait, I want to give my. I All right, we'll give get my to, hold on, hold on. We're not we're not turning right. this off. All right. All right, Brian. Well, I, I just want to talk about her because she's the female equivalent of Reynolds, the <laughs> lovely Hope. All right, hold on, hold on, Andy. Uh, so let's just uh, that uh, Brian Lynch. Uh, he says Shamar may catch the boot at first tribal. His blast is erratic and will cause much blowback. So uh, Brian, our esteemed Big Brother correspondent. Brian Lynch, uh, he is he anti Shamar. Yes, Brian um, Lynch. Just a shout out to him. He was outstanding this summer. So he says, and he's a fellow serviceman, uh, and he says thumbs down on Shamar. All right, so Andy, let's go to you, uh, and what and what do you have to say? Um, well, um, outside of uh, agreeing with Mr. Lynch about Shamar, um, and uh, just simply, I mean, I, I, I don't again watch the TV Guide thing. That dude is huge. Yeah. I mean, bigger than I was expecting. I mean, he just dwarfs so many people on his tribe. Um, but uh, I just don't think that there's, I mean, he, there's no one for him to be pitted and, against. And not a tribe. Lord of the Rings dwarf, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but um, no, no uh, my person that I'm interested beyond Reynolds, I think Reynolds is, is going to be going deep. I think um, Hope is an interesting, um, I know not everyone had the same read that I did, but uh, I see her a lot like Alexis from the first fans versus favorites. Um, she's cute. She's not in any way, shape or form threatening. Um, she just, you know, and, but she seems to know something of what she's doing. It's the kind of person who can coast to the merge easily. And I think she's the kind of person who will become an easy vote to manipulate, but then will be targeted when it, you know, when the favorites want to take over. I felt good about Hope as well, I, and I and I hope that she goes very far into this game because I, I was very impressed with her. I was trying to avoid any and all hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for me, I, out of these out of these uh, young women in the fans camp, I thought Hope and Laura. I thought both had uh, some possibilities. I like Laura as really? well. I don't get anything of Laura. Really. Um, I, 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 I flipped a coin as to which blonde I think would go deeper. Whoa. Um, okay, that sounds really Woo! wrong. Um, <laughs> um, the only question is with whom, I guess. Malcolm, yes. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I think she, uh, what I was writing, um, what's going to show up in the roundtable is, uh, I just, I think she knows she has weaknesses and is going to try to play to her strengths. And I think someone like Allie thinks she's a triple threat and is going to overstate or overbelieve her value. So yeah, I didn't I, like I, Allie I like, at all. Yeah, not not a fan. Yeah, I think for me, between well, for, for the, the whole dynamic with the girls, I think Laura is, is so is going to be the malleable one who just ends up uh, like Purple Kelly of the season, yeah. but the Hope comes across as very intelligent, and Ali is the super fan. And I think it's one of those two who, after the tribal swap, is going to be in trouble because the favourites are going to notice that there are four young girls close in age who are likely to have an alliance. And they don't want to make the same mistake as JT with the whole women's alliance thing. But if we assume there'll be a tribal swap and none of those four girls have been voted off, they're probably going to think, let's get rid of one of them. And they're going to be looking for the head of the snake. And I think that their, their targets are going to be either Hope or Ali. So whichever one of those is in a mi- fan minority on the mixed tribe is gone after the tribal swap. That's my prediction. Well, that's got to be bad for Hope, because I would think 
from the outside looking in, Hope would appear to be the more threatening of the two. Mm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think Hope's going to make the merge for that reason. Well, um, I, I think it really comes down to who's willing to flip faster. And, and I don't know that that necessarily comes down to who's got, you know, who, who's more threatening or who has, you know, who seems to have more power. It's really going to come down to, you know, the favorites going to the fans and seeing which fans will flip. Well, and whoever does it, they stick around a little longer. If Hope's been, you know, quite comfortable with her girls and a good alliance, very happy, the tribal swap comes and I don't know whether she will flip. She'll be like, no, I can do this. I'm just going to hang tight, get back with my girls. And I don't know. I don't think, whereas somebody like, say, Michael, who might know he's never been very high in the pecking order together, he might say, sure, I'll go with you. <laughs> I don't like these girls, you know. So but I can see something like that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so much of the story, I think the, the part you can't predict is the tribe swap. And I think any tandems that have formed, the ones that get fractured are the ones that get picked off. And the ones that manage to travel together are the ones that, you know, become a two vote, you know, you rope them in um, and they they get to get to the merge. But, okay. So I the storylines I'm looking at are these four young girls. So that's something I'm sort of keeping an eye out for. All right, so I want to do something a little bit uh, different uh, in this last segment where we're going to play a little game of, uh, of true or false. And it would be good if we had a, uh, a Rob as a podcast twist on this besides uh, is it true or is it false, but maybe that'll come along in future roundtables. So I'm going to go down the line. I'm going to give you a statement. We're going to go one by one, and uh, I'll start with you first, and we can have a little bit of a discussion. And uh, I will start with Andy, and then uh, I'll move right. And I will give you a statement, Andy, and you tell us if this statement is true or false, and then tell us why. Okay, you ready? Got it. Okay. Uh, statement number one. We touched on this early in the game, but true or false, Malcolm will make the merge. Gosh, it's right at the line. Um, I'll go out on a limb and and say false, even though in the in the roundtable I said he would go out about eighth. Um, I just think he's it's it's all about um, the heroes versus villains. It's all about Russell being the last player who did back to back. They're not going to trust them. They're already going to have built in alliances. They may use them for a little while, but if you really want some, you know, some uh, challenge ability um, uh, in your alliance, you go with Eric, not with Malcolm. So I think Malcolm is easily expendable. Anybody strongly disagree? Yeah, I do. I think he'll definitely make the merge. I think the, the only thing that stands in the way is, is a swap. I think a swap could hurt his chances. Um, but he's going to be so valuable early on that getting rid of him would be suicide. And I also think he's going to overcome the Russell stigma pretty quickly. Um, I mean, spend like five minutes with Malcolm, and I think that you're going to figure out that he's, he's a pretty all right dude. So I, I have high hopes for Malcolm. I don't think that he'll win, but I think he'll make the move. The other thing in Malcolm's favor is that if the favorites are thinking about getting rid of him, they may want to think twice since he is probably the strongest guy that they have on their team. And taking a look at some of the guys that they have on the fans, when you talk about Reynolds, when you talk about Eddie, you talk about Shamar, uh, even you know Matt and Michael are both... Uh, you know, reasonably strong people. I mean, now the favorites you're, are outgunned. you're outgunned and you've got Cochran 
train on your team already to begin with. <laughs> so, I mean, you're really going to be down in, as far as firepower goes if you get rid of Malcolm. And I also think that Malcolm could play it up like, hey, I, they just brought me back because I'm like a Colby. I'm just like, you know, I'm just like a, you know, a good looking guy, not because I'm like Russell, like I'm the villain. They just brought me back because I was a nice guy and was, you know, good looking. So he could play that up, whereas you look at Russell and you say, okay, well, they didn't bring Russell back because he was like such a heartthrob or anything like that. He must have done something to, for him to, for them to bring him back. So maybe Malcolm could play that up. I think Malcolm does make the merge. Rob, okay. can I ask uh, about a theory of mine? Sure. Since you have played in an All-Star season, I've always got the impression that people, that, well, the All-Star tribe members, they tend to have more respect for the people who played before them than the people who played after. So, for example, in Heroes versus Villains, you saw people worried about Suri and Tom, yet not so much JT, who, you know, should have at least as much a strategic threat. Do you think that's true or just a coincidence for that season? I never I never thought about it. So you, uh, you worry more about the people that came before you than came after you. Now, for me, nobody I didn't play with anybody who came after me except for Rupert, and I never got to be on a tribe yeah. with him in the, in the All-Stars. But everybody who voted me out did play before me. So I would have to say that maybe it seems like it to be a valid concern. It's an interesting theory, and I, I think that uh, you're onto something. Yeah. So I just think that might save Malcolm, the fact that people might think, oh, he can't be so bad. Yeah, I, I, I've been a player longer than he has, you know. Okay. All right, let's move on to question number two. This one is for Glenn. Glenn, uh, question number two, true or false, a fan will be in the final four. True or false? I'm going to say... I'm going to say false. I yes. don't think so. I think you're right about that, I think. <laughs> because if you let a fan get close enough to the final four, then it comes down to, like, if they get to the end, then all the other fans on the jury will vote for them. I think that's very dangerous to let a fan get that close to the money. I yeah, I think it would be a horrible mistake. Yeah, I, 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 I totally disagree. I, I'm with you, Josh. What, what do you, what, you, you, you speak to I, this, too. I, I agree with what you guys just said in principle, but I don't think that any of these favorites are going to be able to get it together enough to come to the same conclusion. And I think that a fan's going to squeak into the final four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, say fan. yeah I, I think there'll be a fan there. I think, um, I think you're going to see whoever the favorites are who are dominating the game at that point are going to want one or two of them around because they're more predictable late in the game than, you know, they're going to backstab some of their own favorites at the, you know, the six, seven, eight spots and keep fans around because they're goats at that point. Okay. Here, Josh, uh, here's question number three. This one's for you. True right. or false. The tribes will still be divided in episode three, it will still be fans versus favorites through episode three. True. True. I think it'll be four where they'll, where they'll swap. I disagree. I think that I think that earlier. I think they'll do it. They'll do it quicker. I almost feel like by the second. I hope show, you're right. I hope, I hope you're right. It'd be fun. I, I think I think earlier too because. Because there are so many of the uh, favorites coming in with pre-existing relationships, I feel like you have to break that up almost. How, how, how about this? We were talking about this a little bit earlier, but how about this? Two-hour premiere, they're swapped by the end of it. I could see it. I could see, I could see that. that. Yeah. In the podcast, because I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that that's got. I mean, there's got to be a reason behind the two hours beyond the story of all of the players, and that's the natural one. 
Do we have any sense that are we voting two people out the first night? Are we having like uh, the first episode, the first hour is like days one through three, and then the second, this, or is it oh, just one two hour episode? One two hour episode. Okay. Yeah, I don't think two boots. Okay, it's possible, good. but I just don't think so. Good, let's milk this. As many episodes as we can. All right, here we go. Qu- question number four for you, Sarah. Uh, true or false? Andrea. Will showmance this season? False. False. Okay. Anybody disagree? I absolutely disagree. I think she definitely will showmance this season. <laughs> and who? Probably repeatedly. And who do you have Andrea showmancing? I I love Andrea, as everybody knows. I see her going for Malcolm first. Um, <laughs> Power couple. She's gonna. I could see her going for Reynolds if she if she and he both make the merge. I think she might even ditch Malcolm for that. Whoa! I, 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 actually, here here's my random call. Corinne is going to totally hit on uh, on Reynolds when they when they finally uh, get to that. Yeah. Point. Um, it, <laughs> it's might just be able really, to take her as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, that's just it. I, I think it's an interesting pairing. Um, and as for Andrea, I, I think she's going into this game announcing that she's single. She's whether it's a full on showmance, she's definitely going to be, you know, she's going to be because Brenda's not going to be working it apparently because she's got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So Andrea definitely is. Well, maybe I've mixed Andrea and Brenda up then. I thought Andrea had said something to the fact that she wasn't showmancing this season. Okay, yeah, I'll change my answer then. <laughs> you guys have clearly been paying more attention to this than me. Andrea's dating life is, uh, yeah, well, I, want, I pay very close attention. Yeah, that's so weird. The guys are paying much more attention to which girls are going to be showmancing this season. All right, let's go back. All right, one, one more time through the order. Andy, question number five. True or false, Francesca will get payback on Philip this season? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely false. not. Completely false. Um, I mean, it, she's. It, it's already started that um, in the. You know, they've been there for one day, um, and you know, she's already saying, "I can't stand that Philip is back here, and they've clearly put me in here, you know, just to get you." Know, they're already angry with each other, and Philip is saying, "There, there's no set of circumstances where he would ever work with her." Um, it's it's going to be explosive. That's why they put them together again. And um, it, it's just they're going to. Uh, Francesca's gone early. I don't, who was it who said she, he's, she's going to be the anti Sandra? Um, you know, gone first twice. <laughs> I uh, think that was uh, mine. Yeah, she's gone. See ya. Does anybody think Francesca can outlast Philip? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I don't see why you would. If he, I think they're going to have to get rid of one of them, but I don't see why you keep Philip over Francesca. If you want somebody crazy, you can keep Brandon, who's at least good in challenges. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, would you rather have Philip or would you rather have Brandon? Brandon. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You'd rather have Bran- I'd rather have Philip. I'd, I'd be chasing both of them off if I could, but I would take Philip first. Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, question number six. This one's for, for Glenn. All right, Glenn, here we, here we go. Question number six. One day, true or false, a Hans will win Survivor? Absolutely not. No, no, no chance. Nope. <laughs> never? Never, never ever? Never. No. Not even like their grandchildren. There's just no way. <laughs> never, ever, ever? <laughs> no, not even like if they had a cuddly puppy, a Hans puppy. There's still no way. So what, what, well, I, I, no, I, the one condition I could see it happening 
is that they start propagating heavily and then there's an all hands season. <laughs> <laughs> 20 hands. One hands will win. Actually, no, I think they might just kill each other first. What if it was a three-way tie with zero votes? So, uh, <laughs> with Brandon, if Brandon doesn't win this season, the Hanses will be 0 for 5 on, on, on Survivor and uh, 0 for 6 if you include Willie's uh, Big Brother run. Sounds about right. 0 for 6. All right, here we go. All right, Josh, back to you. Question number right. 7. Corinne will get along with her tribe mates. True or false? I'll say true that she'll get along with some of them. Uh, you know, she finds her friends, and I think that they get along. I think she'll find some friends. Maybe not enough, uh, but she'll find, like, two people that she'll be legitimately nice to. Probably not Cochran. <laughs> I think she's going to be pretty mean to Cochran. <laughs> I'm worried about Corinne this season. I, everybody knows that I'm, I'm a Corinne fan. I'm worried about her this season. I, I don't know. I... I, I um... Well, I'm not going to tip my hand just yet, but she, she's she's a confessional assassin, but in camp. Later in the game, she was a little more loose-lipped, but for the most part, um, she was loyal. She was shrewd, um, and um, she didn't really shred people and, and be antagonistic in the way that people like Philip can be around camp. She's going to seem like a mild person in comparison to some of the people that are kicking around. Yeah, I think her social niche is going to be like Sandra's and heroes versus villains. You know, she's somebody who you can go and snark to with other, about other people, but you're not going to dislike her for that. So. Okay. There are a lot of landmines, though, on the camp that might set her off. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Sugar's not there, so that's a good Sugar's start. Not there. But you, you, you are putting Corinne out there with a lot of material to work with in her career. <laughs> so much material. <laughs> I think she's got a lot of sympathetic ears as well because everyone's going to feel that way about Philip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, and last question in true or false. Sarah, this one's for you. Uh, question uh, number eight, true or false. The winner of the fan favorite award this season will be Cochran. <laughs> I'm going to say false, just going with the odds. It's not that I don't think he could do it. I just think I'm not going to make that kind of prediction. <laughs> uh, Personally, I am more confident about who's going to win fan, fan favorite than I am about who's going to win. Well, in second, I feel that way too. Who in is second place, winning fan favorite and being the Lisa Welchel of this season, Don Meehan. Don Meehan, absolutely. Why, how, oh, I, I like Don. Andy. I do too. I adore her to death. Andy, in what scenario do you have anybody wanting to go to the finals with Dawn? Uh, it, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think, um, you know, again, I just see, uh, I keep seeing a, 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 the favorites running the table at the end of the game. And when I look at the favorites and I start eliminating insanity and I start eliminating easy targets, I'm left with this core group. And I, I don't see any way that she isn't sniffing the end game. And the question is, at that point, if she can eke her way in one way or another, if she's there late, um, you know, from six on down, she wins fan favorite running away. I think she'll win final immunity. 
if she's oh, there. Be nice. Because oh, who yeah. would she be up against? You know, who could? I be think Dawn? like in post merge, I think Dawn is like the challenge dominator. Hey, get, get out of get her out of there because who can beat her in the final tribal council? I mean, uh, you know, short of yeah. like a reincarnated Abraham Lincoln or <laughs> I don't know who who is going to, you know, do better than her because she's not going I think the problem with all stars, I think it's easier to play the game the first time you play because you can lie and you can backstab and you can get away with it once. But I think the second time you come back and especially against other all stars, if you lie, if you backstab, if you're overly playing the game and like trying to get if you're playing an aggressive game I do not think you'll be rewarded. And I think if you go back and look at Sandra, the only person to win the game twice, I think to be to have success as an all-star and come back and, and win the game, you almost need to not be as cutthroat, uh, almost like win in the way that Sandra won as a, uh, against other returning players. Well, how do you explain poverty? <laughs> well, I would, I would say that um, poverty played played very well but she wasn't seen as like a total backstab and again i have i haven't rewatched that season in a, in a long time she did uh backstab ozzy um but I, I don't think she was seen as like a promise breaker really uh and maybe correct me if i'm if i'm wrong she didn't have sort of like the like uh she didn't break her word to a number of people and i think that you can't do well, that the like, ozzy moment was the big one and then she kind of went up to james and was like Sorry, it's gonna happen. <laughs> you can do it once. You can do it once. But I think if you yeah. start if you start uh, breaking your word a number of times, almost like Dan Geesling on this last Big Brother that we yeah. saw, if you break your word multiple times to all stars, I do not think you'll be rewarded in the end of the day. And I don't think Dawn's gonna play that way. All right, let's take a question and then uh, we'll start to wrap this up. This is from uh, Aaron Eliz. If Dawn makes it to the final four and wins immunity, she wins the game. And I agree. I, I think that yeah. Dawn Absolutely. is extremely dangerous post merge, and you got to get rid of her. Too nice. She, she does not make it that far unless she's playing with a bunch of morons. And I look at this cast list, and I think she might be playing with a bunch of morons. <laughs> Whoa. I, I look at it, I, I see Dawn making final five in a number of scenarios. And I think that if she makes final five, it'd be pretty hard to stop her from getting to the end because I think that she'll be the most dominant challenge threat left at that point. I mean, who, who I is Cochran going to beat her in a challenge? Like Eric, Eric, Eric. Okay. Eric, you got me there. Well, and I, 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 I think as well. That's why I think Eric is going to go, you know, almost immediately post merge just because of the run he could go on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I, obviously I'm I'm with Josh on this one. I I, I just think that she is gonna you know they're gonna cull so many of the alpha male whatever's left you know the the immunity challenge threats and Don might very well be a very intimidating presence late in the game. She's right. tough. All right. Well, uh, we've gone about an hour here. and I think this is a good place to uh, start to wind down. Uh, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about anything else that you guys are? Are you guys working on anything else preseason on uh, Rob has a in case you're just uh, joining us live here in the middle? We're talking with all of the Rob has a bloggers uh, in this episode. Uh, are, are you guys have anything else coming up before the season starts? Um, I'll jump in here. We've got, um, we're trying to put the finishing touches on another round table this time, uh, on the fans that should be showing up sometime within, I don't know, the next three or four days, I think. Um, and I don't know about anyone else, but I'm going to be doing one preseason thing. Um, just a, a quick Baker's dozen before the season starts. Um, but, uh, and, and before others jump in, just, I, I'd love it if we could all give our 
you maybe a glimpse at our winner's pick before we wrap this thing okay, up. Okay, sure. Let's yeah. let's let's do it. Let's go down down the line. Uh, winner's pick. Let's start with you, Sarah. Winner's pick. I'm going to be controversial because I'm going to go with a fan. I'm going to say Reynolds going to take it all. Boy, it's Reynolds. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Well, last time I didn't pick Denise to win because I thought she's the older woman. Statistically, it's gone against her. And so now I'm going to follow in your – you took that risk and it worked out for you. So I'm going to take the risk this time and go with Reynolds. So okay. we'll see. All right, Josh. Um, he's got to, he's got to make friends. He's got to make the right alliances. Uh, but I'm going to go with Eric. Eric is my man. I love Eric. And I, I, I really loved his game in Micronesia. I think he fell victim to one of the greatest heists in survivor history. I think it's more a testament to the brilliant move than to his stupidity. Uh, and I think that he's probably pretty tired of being thought of as the dumbest survivor to ever, ever play the game. And I think he's going to come in with a lot more fire this time, and I think he's going to take it to the end. What a redemption story for Eric Reichenbach to come back and win. How about that? That would be a a, a storybook ending for Eric Reichenbach. He's my pick. All right. Glenn, your winner pick. I would love that. Uh, I really would. I don't think it's going to – my pick is Dawn. Whoa. I I think Dawn's going to win this game. A Dawn. A Dawn pick. I think yep. Glenn, Glenn Holford lobbying for a loaf of bread at some point this season. <laughs> I'm very hungry, Rob. Very hungry. It's, it's, it's delicious. You'll love it. All right. And Andy. All right. Um, I'm going to take, uh, since you went with the Brenda controversial pick, and because she's on the screen right behind you right now, I'm going with Corinne. She she was there a second ago. I uh, wasn't going with Francesca. Corinne, really? I am. Yeah, I can see and, Corinne winning. Um, I, I definitely see her getting deep. Um, I think she's an incredibly strong player. Um, I, I think I wrote about it in the in the roundtable, but I think it's going to come down to like a power play at final seven where there's going to be two competing um, sub alliances within you know within the favorites, and whoever wins that power struggle wins the game. And um, I'm going with Corinne. Um, it, it, I can see Dawn possibly winning um, as part of an alliance you know, with Eric and Cochran in it. Um, but I'm going to go with Corinne just because um, uh, <laughs> I, I just I, I want to see her shred everybody all the way up until the end. We all do. We all do. <laughs> I just wonder, though, if somebody pisses Corinne off to the point where and, and Corinne, you know, gets a good hate into people. Could Corinne <laughs> work with somebody that she hates? And I don't know if she can like could. And I think that's a trait of, of a very strong survivor player is being able to work with someone you may not like personally. And I don't know if she could. She may be able to hold her tongue a little bit. But could she may, could she vote with somebody that she absolutely can't that she hates? For instance, let's say there's another sugar out there and God knows there's only one sugar. But let's say there's somebody a, a sugar light. We'll call her Splenda. Let's say uh, somebody somebody comes along who's uh, you know who's who's uh, sugarish. Could Corinne vote with that person? I don't know if she could. Uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a fair question, and it really comes down to what the mix is there at the end, and it really does speak to um, something we've talked about before: how amazing Boston Rob was in you know in being able to work with a guy like Philip, who he knows was a you know just a buffoon, and everyone hated him but you take him all the way to the end knowing you can beat him, that takes a very measured hand, and Corinne perhaps isn't known for being very measured. 
Right. And good for Boston Rob. He, you know, he did take his shots at Philip, but he did it all in confessional. He never was, you know, making fun of Philip uh, to his face. And so that, that's a sign of a good player. So good on, good on Boston Rob. All right. So uh, there you have it. Uh, one last comment Jessica Frey has for us. Uh, Mark Solera says, can we get these bloggers Twitters? I need to follow Glenn uh, for the Dawn pick. All right, real quick. Let's go down, go down the line. Uh, give out your, uh, your Twitter handle, Andy Baker. At Get On Survivor. At Get On Survivor. He's got a cool avatar, too. Uh, Glenn. Uh, my Twitter is at Glenn Holford. Two N's. Two N's in that. Two N's. At Glenn Holford. H-O-L-F-O-R-D. Okay, and Josh? I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but rounder. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what the meaning was behind that. That's not the meaning, but it's easy to explain it that way. Okay, and Sarah? Uh, it's at Chan and Sarah, I went with my maiden name because Freeman's too common. It's C-H-A-N-N-O-N-S-A-R-A-H. Great stuff. All right. The, those are the bloggers. You'll be hearing from them all season. And maybe mid-season, I'd like to do this again and sort of check in and see see where we stand as we head towards uh, maybe around the merge. Uh, that might be fun. It's going to be a great season. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on with us. Thank thanks, you. Rob. Thank yeah. you. And thanks to everybody who watched us live here tonight in our Google Hangout. We really appreciate it. And that's not all that we have in store for you guys uh, this week. We have a very busy week coming the rest of the week here on Rob as a website. We're going to have an amazing race preview coming on Wednesday of this week. We are also going to have our Miss Survivor debate, knock on wood, tentatively scheduled for Wednesday night just like this. And then on Thursday night, we are going to have... For you, the Survivor Amazon 10-year reunion show. So lots of big stuff coming up this week before the Survivor Caramoan premiere. So uh, lots of good stuff. Thanks to everybody out there using our links for Amazon.com. Rob has a website.com slash Amazon. Valentine's Day is coming up. Still got time to put an order in and have it get there by the 14th. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.